0: Hello my friends, and welcome back to another exciting episode of Phantom Talk, So show where we talk all about comics, movies, video games, pretty much everything else we know and love. Today we are joined by the writer of the new comic book on the scene, No Spell Lasts Forever. The first issue came out earlier this year, and the second issue just got fully funded on Kickstarter, and we are so happy to have Sarah here to talk to us a little bit about not only the... Feedback that she got from the first issue, but also the upcoming second issue as well. So first off, Sarah, uh, how are you doing? I I know we're got to be pretty excited to already have the second issue funded.
1: Yeah, doing pretty well, Um, and it's it's pretty exciting. It funded um, over like a a long weekend. (laughs) (laughs) I think it was maybe what was it day four or five that it funded. So I guess I'm just short of a week.
0: it funded <laughs> that's fantastic i mean obviously getting it done you know before the deadline is great i mean get it done the first week i mean you're already set up
1: exciting <laughs>
0: now sarah before we do get into your second issue i do want to talk a little bit more about the first one um which everyone needs to check out which at the time of our first recording we the book wasn't out just yet so i do have some questions to ask about it um I know that in the first one we had discussed your love of older, you know, film noir and detective novels or detective films, excuse me, and different things like that, but I was curious if there was any kind of connection to traditional high fantasy, like you would see maybe Lord of the Rings or or Wheel of Time or anything else like that. Cause the the way you handle magic is really interesting in this and I know that there's probably going to be other things in future Future short, future books and and future installments. so I don't I know you probably can't give too much away, but I'm curious if we're eventually going to see you know other covens of witches and showing up in kind of this urban setting.
1: Um, in my my own kind of world building in my head, um, I kind of see it as there are other uh, other guilds of witches, but they're kind of sporadic and they're kind of spread out. Um, I have an idea for a, a sequel, <laughs> if it ever happens, um, mm-hmm. where we would uh, meet one of the other guilds, um, which I, I would love to do eventually. Um, but that's kind of how I envision it, that uh, her guild isn't isn't the only one. There are some others, but there aren't um, a ton of them. They're kind of spread out, and they mostly uh, try to stay uh, under the radar and, and stay secret.
0: I gotcha. Yeah, that that definitely makes sense for, you know, the more modern setting of hiding in plain sight kind of thing. So, yeah. I think one of the things that I really did enjoy about your writing, strictly because I went in expecting something just a little bit different, um, I really enjoyed that you kind of played into the more double indemnity side as opposed to, you know, the Casablanca's or the Maltese Falcons, where you don't really have like a solidly good-hearted protagonist. You're, you're, you're working with people that you're like, I'm, I'm not, I'm not sure. Are they, are they good? Are they bad? Should I root for them? I know Miller will, will get a bit more about him later on and throughout the series, but, uh, I just, I really enjoyed that, that fact that as you're watching Rosette do these things, you're just like, I'm not sure if I should be rooting for her. Um, but were you, was that kind of the kind of style that you were intending for to kind of be questioning the entire time or?
1: Yeah, that was kind of um, kind of what I was going for. That sort of old uh, noir kind of feeling where um, I feel like in a lot of those old noir movies, even like your protagonist will kind of get into some <laughs> of the the drama <laughs> sure, um, sure. that's going on. Um, and I, I definitely was going for that with Rosette. Um, because her kind of whole emotional arc over the course of the the six issues is um, that she's kind of had it drilled into her since she was a kid, that there's something kind of like inherently bad about her. Um, okay. And so she kind of believes it. And so her arc is questioning that and and saying like, well, is that true? Am I really just like uh, doomed to be a criminal or, or can I be something different? Um, so I wanted to, her to start off in this place where she's like, Pretty solidly a criminal, <laughs> um, a, a likable character, I think, but um, but more in the um, more in that space for sure. Uh, we find out more about Bash in issue two, and I'd say that he's the one who's kind of um, unquestionably good, uh, but he's uh, he's the one <laughs> I would say in the series who's uh, who's more kind of of definitely a. a good person. Um, Rosette is uh, definitely more of an (laughs) anti-hero.
0: Yeah, I think the anti-hero aspect definitely comes across, but I think also you set her up really well because you kind of explain why she is that way, why she's so closed off for everyone. I think you do a really, really good job with that in your writing, um, which is definitely something to be commended. Um, uh, Now, with the second issue... I know you probably don't want to give a whole lot away and I totally get that. Um and I know we are one hundred percent giving away the ending to the first uh issue here. But I I am curious at the very end there, is that another demon or is that actually Lucifer at the end there?
1: Um, it, it is actually Lucifer. <laughs> okay,
0: <laughs> we see okay. at the end of number one. Oh. Uh okay then, so we're just we're just going straight to hell at the start at the start of the second one.
1: Yep, yeah, pretty much. That's uh, that's the first scene of uh, of the second issue.
0: <laughs> All right, cool. So, what else can you tell us about the second issue? I know we've we've also got Bash kind of following her. Um, is he gonna follow her down? What's what's kind of going on there?
1: He uh, so spoilers for issue one. <laughs> <laughs> um, Rosette gets gets shot and ends up in hell. Um, and while she's there, she uh, makes a, a deal with Lucifer uh, for a second a second chance at life. Um, and I won't spoil exactly what it is, but it involves um, potentially doing some stuff that would uh, hurt a truly good soul. Um, so after she makes that bargain, she is sent back to earth and she finds herself in the hospital and uh, Bash is there. Um, he's been kind of waiting. it turns out in uh, in the real in, in on earth, I almost said in the real world, but on earth, <laughs> um, she's only been dead for like uh, 45 seconds, it feels yeah, yeah. like much longer to that than that to her. Um, so Bash had, had gone with her to the hospital and is kind of waiting for her to, to wake up and to be able to answer uh some of his questions, and uh, that's where issue two picks up. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that sounds great. I'm, I'm really interested to see how the two of them connect in the next issue. Um, and of course, as the series progresses, I'm assuming they're going to connect somehow, strictly because of all the promotional material and everything for your all's first issue. Um, which, by the way, fantastic artwork. Uh, forgive me, I'm blanking on the name of the artist here. Uh, so the artist
1: for issue one is uh, Amy Holly. Um, we do have a different artist for issue two. Uh, his name is Easy Desavino, um, and his art is awesome too. You can see it on the campaign page for issue number two. Um, we have four or five pages of his up there, four, I guess. Um, and I, but they're both. I love working with both of them. Um, Aime's schedule was a little a little bananas She was working and and taking classes. Um, and it just kind of wasn't wasn't feasible for her to also be the solo artist on a comic. <laughs> um, but easy's art is is great. and he also really captures the noir tone um really well. And one of the things that I love about what he does in the second issue is he really kind of built out uh, what hell looks like.. Um, And my first kind of thought, I didn't want it to look like just sort of the stereotypical like fire and brimstone kind of thing. Um, I wanted it to be its own kind of um, ecosystem, I guess. Uh, And I wanted it to be something that was really a contrast with the sort of urban New York world that that Rosette is used to. So it would be kind of um, clear that she was really out of her element. And my first thought was kind of more like a plains, like a Midwestern plains kind of thing, but like creepy Midwestern plains. Um but he kind of did something a little different. He made it look almost like a like a forest, but like a forest that's sort of on fire. And it looks really cool. And I don't I don't think I've ever seen a representation of hell quite like that. And I, I really love what he did with it.
0: <laughs> well, that uh yeah, I mean that, that sounds awesome. It's um I definitely look forward to seeing that um, especially just because it's always interesting to see different sort of designs for hell in different formats and stories because of course that's whether it's a theological or religious standpoint or even a mythological one everyone has their own idea of what hell looks like by a certain point of view or sooner or later for their own certain point of view um, but yeah, I'm really interested to see what you guys come up with. Uh, it's 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 weird to say that we're looking forward to hell, but it's uh, but that that's where we are. Yeah. So for those of you listening at home, um, we had originally planned this podcast sometime in October for sometime in October, and unfortunately, with my schedule not necessarily being the best, we couldn't really get a uh, get a set date going. So we are a little bit behind, but Sarah and I had talked about possibly doing some horror fest questions um, alongside Josh and Alice's podcast as well. So I figured I'd go ahead and ask you those if you're okay with that, Sarah.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Excellent. So I know that, of course, with this story, it does take more of a detective mystery maybe even thriller kind of aspect to it but i was curious if there was any sort of horror influence or if you grew up watching horror movies or if there was any possible horror stories in the works maybe
1: i do really really enjoy horror um i actually have a couple of ideas for horror comics that i and sort of in the process of outlining, <laughs> um, I've been pitching some ideas around, and I, I got some advice um, from uh, from an industry pro. I know <laughs> from someone who said that it's good to have kind of like multiple ideas that you're pitching around rather than just like one or two, because then kind of all your eggs are in one basket. So one of the things I've been working on the last couple weeks is uh, finalizing some outlines for some of the ideas that have been like rattling around in my head um and a couple of them are horrors um i'm still in the process of fleshing them out but uh doing a horror comic is definitely something that i want to do at some point
0: well we're definitely looking forward to that um so do you have any kind of traditional horror film loves or even anything more so modern something that really kind of inspires you maybe
1: yeah um any any Jordan Peele movie. <laughs> um, I also not too long ago watched the Fear Street movies on Netflix, um, mm-hmm. and I enjoyed those a lot. Um, I like I like the message. I like how they kind of tell the story, sort of backwards. And then the one that I think was like one of the <laughs> one of the ones that just stuck out in my mind is a really scary movie when I was younger was uh, Blair Witch just because it seemed like it got me at the time sure. it seemed so real and it's still like I still watch it and it's still it still gets me <laughs> I was just watching it like last week again and it's still scary
0: yeah so <clears throat> I do have to admit that um, when I first watched Blair which I really was not that big of a fan of it but of course I, I had so much negativity about the movie coming at me from you know, different shows and other parodies and things like that um, but the older I got, the more I watched it, and the more I can kind of appreciate what it was, especially for coming out at the time that it did and everything um, yeah, that's just a, that's a great pick and uh, I actually really like the Street, the uh, Street, good lord Fear Street <laughs> um, movies or series, miniseries, whatever you want to call it I really like those as well. They uh, They surprised me quite a bit because initially, um, a friend is just to me. And then, of course, it's like, oh, man, I've got to commit to, you know, basically three movies, you know, right off the bat. And uh, but it's it's well worth it. Um,
1: I had that same thought. <laughs> they ended up all being so good.
0: Yeah. You know, not not trying to spoil too much, but I, I, I think probably one of my favorite parts was um, the episode when they go kind of back uh kind of back in time to kind of see the the origins of that of that city and everything. I just think it's really cool.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And haunting a pill house on Netflix too. Not a lot of movie, but
0: oh absolutely. I mean any anything from Mike Flanagan just I'm I'm probably gonna watch it. Uh, I haven't got to House of Usher just yet, but it is definitely on the list. I'm I'm really excited for that one.
1: Yeah. I liked them both think i liked hill house a little better
0: <laughs> yeah i mean it's is it's gonna be hard to top hill house just in general anyways um but uh yeah moving on the um you know sarah i, I know that they are two of your favorites but it's interesting how often when we talk about horror or we, or we talk about comics the two often meet, um, particularly with these two writers and Scott Snyder and James Tynion IV. Um, both of them just constantly go back to the genre. But I was curious, um, what are some of your favorite horror comics, or have you been reading anything here recently with horror? With uh, I almost said horror fest, the Halloween spooky season going on.
1: <laughs> um, I've really I've kind of been on a, a Tynion streak lately. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just love everything that he writes, really. (laughs) Um, And Something is is Killing the Children, obviously. Um, House of Slaughter. Uh, I just was reading Department of Truth, which is um, still horror-ish. It's a little bit like conspiracy theory slash horror more Mm -hmm. so, but um, but I loved that one. Uh, And I just read the first issue of his Dracula yesterday, uh, which was really good. I recommend it. His writing, st- I, I, I love his writing style and his dialogue style, and it was um, just creepy, but like quietly creepy.
0: <laughs> that's a uh, that's a that's a good description. Yeah. Um, no, I um, I've really enjoyed a lot of the stuff that he's done. I've really enjoyed *A uh, Nice House on the Lake*. Of course, like you'd you'd already mentioned, you know *Something that's Killing the Children*. It's absolutely fantastic. I just. I I just think he's just kind of, you know, just knocking it out of the park pretty much every time the last the last few books he's been on. And then I also read, like, the first two issues of this one. It was, it was a weird one. It was called The Closet. Uh, it was really good. It was a, super creepy.
1: Yeah, I need to catch up on that. I read the first one and really loved it and totally intended to read the rest of the series and just didn't get back to it. Um, mm-hmm. But what I have, like that first scene in the bar is brilliant writing.
0: Absolutely. It's, it's, there's just, oh man, there's just so many good books out right now. And you're just, you're trying to, you know, decide what to read. And you're just like, I don't have time. And it's the, it's this weird kind of double-edged sword where on one hand you want everything to be good. But at the same time, then you're just like, there's too many good things. I, I can't decide what I need to buy and what I need to read next
1: it's hard there's there is so much good stuff out and it's hard to my list just keeps getting longer faster than i can read stuff
0: so kind of moving away from where comics are are concerned i was curious if you ever had any kind of love of horror novels or anything like that i never i personally growing up never really had any kind of Goosebumps or Stephen King esque phase that I went through, but I'm I was curious if you ever did.
1: I'm kind of the same way. I haven't read a ton of it. Um, I, I've uh, some Stephen King stuff. When I was a kid, I was really really into the scary storybooks for a while. I didn't have like same thing. I didn't have like an R.L. Stein like goosebumps phase. I kind of wish that I had, but I I didn't. <laughs> Um, I've been trying to get more into horror novels recently. I just read uh, one of Darcy Coates' novels, which I I enjoyed. Um, I did wish we'd gotten a little bit more kind of, uh, I guess, character development with the main character in it. Um, But it was a good like haunted house type of horror. Um, But I'm kind of the same way. I've read a lot more horror comics and watched a lot more movies than, than novels. But it is something that I've been thinking about. That's been a little bit on my radar lately.
0: Yeah, definitely. uh, Same here. Of course, I'm always looking for new books to read, anyways, and new genres and different things to get into. Um, Moving away from just the horror genre, just in general, what else have you been reading? Just you know, I know you're you just you're constantly reading comics, and your your Instagram is always full of these great posts where you're really kind of diving into different characterizations and different subplots and everything. So, what have you been uh, getting into here recently?
1: Um, what I'm in the middle of right now is going back to uh, Matt Fraction and Shipzartsky's Sex Criminals, mm-hmm. um, which I read the first two trades of it back when they came out. And then it was the same thing. I, I didn't circle back. I think there are six trades. And I never circled back and read the rest of them. So I've been finally getting ca- caught up on that. Um, and I really love it. It's it's so funny. Um, just the the sense of like I, I wish I could have been kind of like a fly on the wall when they were talking about some of this stuff because they must have been just cracking each other up. Mm-hmm. Um, but also like really heartfelt um, and really sweet. <laughs> and just really, really good. Um, What else? And the Dracula I just read, um, thinking what else do I have on my pull list? Oh, uh, Once Upon a Time at the End of the World, uh, which is on my, I think the most recent issue of it came out like a week ago or something, and I'm one issue behind, um, but I've really been loving that too. It's I I love the dynamic between uh, the two the two main characters Um, they're so different but they get each other so well and it's another one of those that it's like this kind of high concept post-apocalyptic setting but it's also like they have these quiet moments that are just really sweet and really heartfelt Um, and I've really been enjoying it
0: (laughs) yeah I think um, I think Jason Aaron just nails the you know, those big set pieces and those big bombastic moments. Um, but it's always right alongside those, ki- those, r- those character moments, the, the heart, like you said.
1: I think that's why he's so good at Thor. Because it's, it's Thor, so it has to be this giant set piece thing, but he also has those really good quiet character moments.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> Jason Aarons, just, he's just so great. Um, I haven't had a chance to check out once Upon a Time at the End of the World yet. Um, but I will We'll probably be adding that to my, uh, to my list soon. Of course, like we were already talking about, there's just so many good things out. Um, but, yeah. So I did want to circle back to your own writings real quick, um, from one writer to another, because I was kind of curious about something.
1: Okay.
0: Has there ever been a point while you were writing either a, a full story or even just a very central part of one where you basically realized, I have to scrap at least like 75% of this um, because it doesn't work with the rest of it.
1: <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> yeah <it's good. laughs> um, a couple of the scripts that I wrote before no spell, um, I had that issue with. Like there was one that I wrote that was a sci-fi, kind of like an X-Files or like Department of Truth style sci-fi. And I wrote a lot of it before I realized that I just, I think my the the message, like the character arcs, the emotional arcs that I wanted the characters to have, like just didn't fit with the action of the story. Mm-hmm. And it was just muddled. And I just, I scrapped it. And I moved on to No Spell at that point. But I still, there are parts of that story that I still like and I might still circle back to at some point and try to do it with more like clarity and like purpose. Um, But yeah, it was, I was pretty far along when I was like, this just isn't working. (laughs) It is disheartening when that happens.
0: Yeah, I, I personally, I just think it shows tremendous courage, you know, for you as a writer and really anyone else who's ever done this, um, to just stop and really kind of take a look and just be like, this isn't working. And, and I know it's not working and maybe I can come back to it later, but as of right now, it's just, it's not, it's just not there. I was trying something it just wasn't working, but, uh, but yeah, I think that's yeah. It's, it's a tragedy, but I, I, think it, I think it is a good thing, you know. And uh, maybe, maybe we'll see some of those in the future from you, Sarah. Um, but sticking with No Spell, I, I was kind of curious about any of the characters, were they all just personal creations, or was anyone kind of loosely based on someone you know, or anything like that?
1: Yeah, I think, um, I think probably more so with Bash. And I think he's kind of um, a little bit of an amalgamation of of some people I know who just are like very sweet, good people. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I think he's probably the one who has the most of that. Uh, I'd say Dorothea, too, even though we kind of only see her in flashbacks, has um, some elements of of my mom and some elements of my my grandma. Um, uh, are Probably some of the most, oh, and then I'd say uh, Beatrice, Bash's daughter, who uh, we see more of her uh, in later issues. We see a little bit of her in issue one. Um, is I uh, used to work as a, a TA in a Montessori, and there were kids who were a lot like Beatrice <laughs> at that school, just like confident and uh just seeming seeming to be really sure of who they were at like such a young age which i i loved and i was um i was thinking of some of those kids with with beatrice
0: i gotcha yeah that's that's awesome um now i do have to ask about one of my favorite my favorite characters are i'm just curious are, are we going to see more of dorothea i just i really just liked pretty much everything that was said about her and i'm really kind of intrigued to learn more about her
1: uh we will see more of her in in flashbacks um and we will eventually learn uh the whole story of of what happened to her um in that flashback that we see in issue one uh what happened leading up to that
0: yeah i can't uh can't wait for that i um she was probably the biggest mystery to me because just, you know, she's the one person who it seems like really understands and what's the best for Rosette. And then all of a sudden she's gone. So I, um, yeah, I'm really intrigued to see where the, how that plays out and, and what really happened.
1: And Rosette kind of when we, uh, in issue one, kind of assumes that she knew, uh, what happened to, to Dorothea. Um, but that kind of becomes a little bit, a little bit clouded as the story goes along and and we find out more about, about that whole story.
0: (laughs) Well, we are definitely looking forward to the second issue. Um, Of course, the first is fantastic. Everyone needs to go check it out um, on the no spell last forever. Instagram, right on the, the, there's a campsite link on your bio, I believe.
1: Yeah. There's in my, uh, the no spell comic Instagram, there's a campsite a link in bio and then if you click that then it'll uh the link there uh the link is in there to uh the campaign
0: excellent yeah and they um people still have until november 17th of november i believe to sign up for the kickstarter and you'll get your digital copies of the first issue and you'll also already be set up to get a physical copy of the second issue as well. Which can we get any kind of hints towards a release date, or do we have then kind of set in stone there?
1: Um, it is hopefully going to be before Christmas. <laughs> uh, all of the art is done actually. Um, so we're just going over it one more time just to double check and make sure there aren't any other last minute little edits. Um, and I'm doing the lettering, and I'm mostly done with that. Um. And I'm gonna, I'm planning to have all the lettering and all the pages and everything done by the end of the campaign, um, if everything goes smoothly. Mm. (laughs) Uh, So then at that point, I'll I'll have to wait and see how many backers have have bought the physical comics um, and get all of those printed up. And it depends on kind of how long it takes uh, the printer to get that stuff done. But I'm shooting for uh, getting the backer copies sent out before Christmas.
0: Alright, and uh, one more time guys, you do have until November 17th to back it on Kickstarter, guarantee your copies, and you definitely should be doing this. I I cannot wait for the second issue, and uh, of course Sarah, we're we're all just incredibly excited not only to read the second issue, but also just to have you on here on the podcast. Thank you so much for coming and talking with me, and uh, thanks for having me of course yeah we'd um maybe we can even see you on here for uh issue number three maybe
1: yeah definitely that would be great
0: (laughs) perfect well we look forward to having you on here once again sarah my friends we want to thank you all so much for tuning in tonight and of course as always want to remind you to be good people be kind to everyone and remember that fandom is for everyone thank you all again so much y'all have a good night we'll see y'all next time